This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. Let me bring in Don Robertson of the Dundas Real McCoys, at least during the hockey season, otherwise of Com Choice Realty in Dundas and a plethora of other things that he does in the community. Thank you for coming in today, sir. Now that hockey's done, well, get, golfing has begun. McCoys, it yeah, is, yeah. Golfing has begun. Um, have you watched any of the World Baseball Classic since it's been on this spring on TV? It's been on a lot. Have you watched any of it? I watched part of a uh, Canada game. It has struggled. There have been teams that have drawn big crowds. The Dominican Republic has filled up stadiums. They filled up the uh, the stadium in Florida and Miami when they've played. They've, they have been a huge draw for the Dominicans. But by and large, this has been a tournament that has struggled to really gain much traction. And I'm wondering why. Why do some sporting events, some international sporting events really work and some have such a hard time getting traction like this? Well, uh, first of all, in the United States, they think they have the best baseball world in the league, and it would struggle. Um, if, if the American Hockey League had a championship tournament in Toronto, um, or if the World Hockey Championships were played here, or the Spangler Cup was played in Toronto, I'd only get a draw. It'd be a tough sell because Canadians would look at that like the Americans are looking at the baseball. And they're thinking, you know what, there's a better game in Dunedin today with more stars than there is. I don't know the guys from Cuba. I don't know the guys from Japan. But isn't when, but go back, 1976 in the Canada Cup. We didn't know, other than Borea Solomon and Inga Hammerstrom, because they played for the Maple Leafs, we didn't know the guys from Sweden. We sure didn't know the guys from the Czech Republic. We knew some of the Russians, the Soviets, because of the 1972 series. Their names were familiar. But that was a huge event. Everybody was into that event. So, so you don't have to necessarily know the people. I, I, I'm, not, uh, I, I'm not convinced that Sweden and Czechoslovakia sold out. Uh, Canada-Russia did. Canada-U.S. did. Uh, even though those were college kids back then, which is even more funny. Yeah. But, uh, no, you said 76, right? Yeah, 76 in the Canada Cup. But even then they were using, they were using largely college kids because they didn't have a lot of American pros back then. I know, then. but it was still the best the Americans had. It, it, it was. So your baseball championship down there wasn't even the best the Canadians had. Like we, we don't even send our best players, you know, they rest, they get ready for the major league uh, season. You know, it's, it's just not the premier players in the world that are coming. Okay. So let me rephrase my question then. Maybe, because maybe that's what I need to do. Why do so many countries or at least so many players not show any interest in this? Because maybe you're right. Maybe if all the top players were in this thing from around the world, every all the fans would get completely behind it and completely wrapped up in it. Why is it all just prevention of injury? All the best players when uh, when we compete in the world championships, all the best NHL players don't go. Like Sidney Crosby and and all the very best. That's why. Um, but again, that's Ryan Smith, who who plays for the Stony Plain Eagles now, is so was so famous. Because he would always go. Our best players don't go to those tournaments either, unless they're the Olympics when the elite are there. That's right. But that this should be. This is the only world baseball event. By 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 rights, this should be something that draws great players and draws a lot of fan attention. Because you, you are. I mean, you do have a world sport. This is truly baseball is one of the truly world 
sports, that you could have a legitimate world champion. Let me go back to the first part of my explanation is it's being played in the United States, and they think they have the best baseball league in the world and the best players playing in it. So they're not going to measure it up against the best guys from Cuba or the best guys from the Dominican or the best guys from Japan because they think they're superior. Is that why guys don't want to play in it? Sure it is, because it's not considered an elite event. You put it in the Olympics, I don't even think those guys would go to the Olympics. Here's here's why the World Junior Championship, when you talk about international events, and some of them are very, very successful. It's very, very successful in Canada because we have an appreciation for it. But the reality is it's the absolute very best junior players in the world. But when the U.S. That's was That's not lo- the case in the World Baseball Championship. When the U.S. was losing in basketball... They eventually got to the point in Barcelona in 1994, and they said, forget it. We've had enough of getting beaten. We are going to send Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Charles Barkley, David Robinson. We're going to send, we're going to, we are going to so obliterate you that it, and it, the, the part about it was, it was so lopsided that it went beyond the point of being an unfair fight to being almost fun. Even the other team players were getting, they were okay with it because it was so stupid that it was funny. If it had been just, if they'd been winning by 25, it would have felt like the U.S. was being mean-spirited. Winning by 50, it just seemed like, all right. They were playing the Washington Generals. Exactly. The foil for the Globetrotters. But what spurred the Americans to get their best players in there was losing again and again and again. The Americans haven't won the World Baseball Classic. Japan keeps winning the World Baseball Classic. And you would think that at some point the Americans would say... Yeah, but they poo-poo it. B- they, but they poo-pooed World Basketball, too, until they finally decided we want to win this thing. Well, I'm just the waiting. Olympics. But you, I'll guarantee you <clears throat> that whoever was running the basketball team for the Olympics was smart enough to sit back and say, if I can get Jordan to say he'll come and justify it and say it's okay to play for us... The rest of them will fall in. So he needed one or two of the key guys to buy into it, and that made it acceptable. Then they would all go. The other thing you're doing, and I don't know how you get around it, is uh, baseball guys are in training, spring training, and the owners don't want their guys getting hurt. And although Batista played and everything else, you know, some of these guys don't want their pitchers throwing. You know, it's it's the ownership have a great stake in this thing. Look at the. Uh, Odds of the the NHL guys going to the Olympics, they don't like the location. They're not going to sell a whole lot of jerseys to South Korea. What, what was really funny is that- It's in um, South Korea, right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- there are a number of players whose teams have qualified for the semifinals or finals now of the World Baseball Classic, and a bunch of players have suddenly said, oh, okay, I'm available for the championship. I wasn't, I couldn't, you know, I'm not, I wasn't there. I wasn't going to play in the preliminary round, but oh, you made it to the finals. Oh, okay. Yeah. My schedule's cleared up a little bit. I'm, I'm around now. So there is clearly some, not, not overwhelming, but there is clearly some interest from some of the players in this under, on their terms, of course, on their terms. But I just look at this and I think you're I think you're right with where this thing started was if you had all of the top players in this if this truly was the best against the best in the world you might have more fan buy-in from this because then the Americans in the American stadiums would say look it's our best players taking on your best let's see how you can do against us whereas now it's Japan it is Japan's best players and it is Cuba's best players by and large 
and it is most of the Dominican Republic's best players, and it's the Americans' B team, maybe. Probably, yeah. This is this is certainly not the best team the Americans could have put on the field. And so why would, why why are we going to care about this if it's not really our best against your best? Well, I think the Americans' attitude is probably. Well, I think they're a lot more arrogant than we are, but I think their attitude is similar to what ours was years ago in the World Cup. And talk radio shows were full of who would play and who wouldn't play, and we could have three teams, and we'd we'd have all three be in the top five because Finland isn't that good, and you know nobody can really compete with us in the U.S. Yeah, they can put one team together, but we could put four teams together, but they only let you enter one, and I think that's the Americans' attitude. If we wanted to, we could put four teams in, and we'd go one through four. Now, it, it's a big deal for the Japanese because they have a great Major League Baseball program, but it's great prestige for them, for the Japanese, to come and win the World Championship in Florida. Yeah, I, I think I, it has the same height for the for the Americans winning the World Baseball Championship in Florida and beating Japan or beating Dominican Republic. They think they're Kaka doesn't stink. But when 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 you look at the World Cup of Soccer, teams release players to come and play in that. Your guys are allowed to go. They have all the top players that show up for that thing, unless they're injured. And the World Cup has become the biggest sporting event in the world. It eclipses the Olympics. The World Cup of Soccer is yeah. bigger than the Olympics. And you think baseball doesn't isn't played at the highest level in quite as many places as soccer. But it would probably be second, it or basketball, but it would be a good second. And you could have a massive, wildly successful, very lucrative world championship if you could just figure out a way to get these guys to all sign up and play. And what, what amazes me, and I don't dispute it, is that baseball players who get a bad rap for being softies, that if they get a hangnail, they're out, uh, which is not fair, but in this case, you're looking and everyone's saying, well, I can't afford to get hurt. And you want to know something? Go over, go overseas to a lot of those soccer players who are making more money than the baseball players yeah. are. And there's every bit as much of a chance that a soccer player could pull a hamstring or could something could happen. He could blow it in the, I mean, there's every bit of the same chance that a soccer player could get injured, but those guys are released to go and they all sign up to go. I, I don't quite understand it. Well, here, here might be another argument. I don't know European soccer is well as I know Monopoly, but um, I would... That's coming next hour. I would think if you're you're, um, good enough to be a standout in the World Cup of soccer, that the endorsement package would far eclipse your salary in some cases. I don't think that's the case here. Not yet. I don't think anybody that goes to the World Baseball Championships as an American like David Price, who's injured. But those guys aren't going to ramp up their endorsement deals by having a good tournament. The European soccer guys, there could be a lot of coin on the line. I don't know. Yeah, see, we got to go to break. But I, I disagree because I think if you're an American guy and if you're one of the top players in the world and the familiarity that that exposure around the world for that tournament could bring you, and you're a Mike Trout or you're someone else who's at the very top of your game, I think there's in, there's worlds out there to conquer sponsorship-wise. Not everyone's going to make all those bucks, I grant you, but not everyone does in soccer. I don't think the American guys care. 
I don't think they well, care. Well, no, they clearly don't. They clearly don't. And the I Can- don't think they care if they sell any jerseys or if they're famous in Japan. They but, don't care. But obviously the Canadian guys don't either because they didn't play either. Most of the Canadian Major League players were not involved in this tournament. Well, they had Ryan Dempster. Ryan Dempster has been retired longer than Babe Ruth almost. And he's out there pitching, throwing meatballs up there to the American lineup. Who are, And those guys are like, this is, yeah, good thing he's up here because it's spring training. We're not in full regular season mode yet. Good thing we got a guy throwing batting practice fastballs to us. Well, the Americans or the Canadians got a bad attitude too because they should go. I just I've never understood the fact that in hockey in this country, guys will kill each other to get on the national team. No, the Olympic for, the for, Olympic team for the Olympic team or prior to this World Cup thing, when you had a Canada Cup, guys would kill each other to get on that Canada Cup team. Baseball, basketball. Maybe some other sports, eh, not not so much. Not so much. There's not the same urgency, and there's not the same, here's the interesting thing to me, there's not the same sense of you're an idiot if you don't go for those who don't show up. If Wayne Gretzky had ever said no to Team Canada for a major event, he would have been dumped on in the biggest way possible. The World Championships is not, most people couldn't care less. But if he had said no to the Olympics, if he had said no to the Canada Cup, he would have been dumped on. You got basketball players and baseball players saying, yeah, I can't. And we say, okay. Well, Rick Nash never played for the national basketball team. Then they made him general manager. Here's your reward. Run Steve, our no, program. no, no. Steve Nash or did. Steve he played Nash. in the Olympics. Did he? He, he played in the Olympics. He played in, uh, in Sydney in the what, Olympics. in 84? In 2000. Oh. In 2000. No, and he was, he was a pretty good player. But oh, he, I think he was only the once. He may have played twice. I'm not sure. Oh. But, but the idea was Steve Nash can draw these other guys in because he's the grandfather now, essentially, of Canadian basketball, and it hasn't worked. Well, that was my theory on getting, when the U.S. and the basketball at the Olympics, get Jordan. And get, everyone else Get one of the him. key guys. If he'll play, that makes accept, an acceptable proposition. Why don't we all go and show these guys? You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Don, uh, City Council is in the final stages, so we hear, of whittling down the budget, trying to get a budget that is going to come in at something under 2%, give or, to, or around 2% anyway, is an increase. Inflation rate. As opposed to where it stands right now, which would be very high. It would be the highest since like 2008, I think, or something, as far as an increase. It would be 34% right now. That's right. If you're, yeah, you're going to be paying four times your time. No, it's, but they are trying to get this down. And one of the things, Matthew Van Donjen from The Spectator wrote a piece today about this. One of the areas where they were, they are looking at potentially doing some nipping and tucking to try and make this thing come down a bit is cutting some fees, some costs to recreation and maybe to increase registration or recreation fees. That if you're going to use the facilities that are available in the city, rinks or maybe renting gyms, I'm not exactly sure how this would all be, but if it's a city-owned facility and you want to use it, your fees, your costs will go up a little bit. And if I'm reading this right, this would mean potentially that registration for hockey or maybe for basketball, youth basketball or whatever else could go up. Do you think that this would actually have a significant impact on participation in sports or do you think that people would scream and yell about it, but they would still put their kids in sports anyway and would still participate at the exact same rate? I think they'll squawk. 
like a little pig. Um, well, that's not nice. I, well, the truth. <laughs> I can flower it up. They could complain and bang their feet and everything else and hold placards up, but that won't happen. The Usually when you see fees attached to minor sports, that can be a political suicide if it's not done correctly and it's not done fairly because hockey moms and dads and soccer moms and dads pretend they all vote and they have a tendency to bitch and squawk the most. So it's it's a real challenge for politicians because they're in the business of providing good government, and I think our city council, for the most part, do a wonderful job. But they're also in the business of keeping their jobs. And that's one of the areas that uh, can get them in the most trouble. And that's a hard one. And this is a sports show, but the city staff were cut by 23 non-union jobs. And if they want to keep hockey, ice time, and basketball fees down and rentals for sports fields at the cost of eliminating some of the city staff that are viewed as, because we've all driven by um, men at work signs and then laughing saying there's not that many working and, you know, a lot of the city jobs are, it's how many guys does it take to change a light bulb? Well, it takes one to hold it and three to turn it. So that'll be a lot more popular than um, if they wanted to cut some of those jobs, but they're not going to face the union. So to answer your question, there'll be blowback and there'll be substantial blowback, but you know what? Something's got to happen. We can't continue to let our tax rates go up and up and up. Everybody's going to have to pay a bit more. What happens if this isn't just parents of soccer parents or hockey parents? What if this affects now the cost that adults who are using the facilities? And I don't know if, for example, I don't know if the lawn bowling clubs are owned by the city or privately owned. I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. But if suddenly if you want to play tennis or you want to lawn bowl or you want to do something else in the city on city-owned facilities, if your registration costs go up, does that change the amount of blowback that you're getting at City Hall if you're a city councillor? Well, sure, it's all going to change. And that's why it affects so many people. When you put the cost of playing hockey up or soccer up, you're not just affecting the parents. You're, you know, I was in Barrie yesterday to watch the uh, the Adam Blues win an Ontario championship. Um, stood with an old buddy. Um, his daughter Julie Anderson works for me. I stood with Jack. He's a grandpa. I looked around. I went with a grandpa. You know, there's there's all kinds of grandpas and grandmas that go to those things. You're not just playing with the parents. You're gonna play with some ornery old grandparents who can get really snarky. So it really does affect an awful lot of people when they already think they're paying enough anyway. And minor hockey is subsidized substantially in the city of Hamilton, as, are, as is everything else. I mean, if, if uh, kids had to pay what it costs to operate the arenas by the hour, there would be 50% of the minor hockey that there is right now. The Dundas Real McCoys, nobody pays more money for the race time than we do because we're an adult group and uh, com- and we pay two and a half times what minor hockey do for ice time. We don't complain because, you know, that's the nature of the beast. I get that. I'm a taxpayer. But I don't think everybody would be quite as practical. Do you think, though, that people will 
would be okay with the idea that, and this is way more political than we usually tackle things on this in this hour, but that's fine. Do you think that people would be able to grasp the fact that, you know what, if you want to use this facility, this facility, this facility, user fees are now the way, or some kind of greater user fees are the kind of way we're only going to be able to go in the city. Because if you're not using it, you don't want to be paying extra for it. Tax, as I say, taxes are already up. So if, if you're if you, on your street, there are 20 houses and 18 of them do not have a kid playing hockey, most of them are saying, I don't want to be paying exorbitant fees to subsidize hockey. So let the people who are playing hockey pay more for hockey. And you know what? There is, there is something in that that makes a certain amount of sense. Is there? Is sure there, there is. You, you don't have any kids uh, going to public school in Hamilton now. Nor did I ever. 50%, yeah, 50% of your tax dollars basically goes to the public education sector. Yep. Did you complain? Were you up in arms? No, no, because you know, I, I know, you know that that's did, what you sign up for. And if they did, if your kids had gone to the, in the public system and now they're not, do you say, my taxes should be cut for, by 40% because I'm not using the public school system. So if you're not using the arena or the recreation center, generally it's by choice. If you want to use the walking, uh, the walking tracks that we have or if you want to use the public skates, it's only by choice that you don't. So I compare it, when you get into that argument, I compare it to uh, uh, paying school taxes. Grandparents could say, we haven't had a kid in the system in 40 years. Why am I still paying? And that's I, the way we do it. And, and I'm not arguing that you should be off the hook from paying for to contribute to these things. What I'm saying is at a certain level, when the taxes are beginning to get out of control and they're going up and up and up, should we at some point say, all right, you're going to pay up to this level. And I'm making a sign with my hand right here to demonstrate how high. You're going to pay up to this level. Yeah, but, after the, but after this... If the t- costs continue to increase, it's going to be based on user fees. If you want to use it, you're going to pay for it. I've said this all along, to be honest with you. I've said this all along with things like the art gallery. I, I'm a, I, I like the art gallery in Hamilton. I like having it here. But I don't believe that we should fully fund it if it's not going to have any kind of support for itself. I think there's a point at which you have to say, we'll fund you to a level, and then you have to bring in the people to show that it it is needed, that it is wanted, and that you can pay part of your own way. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I'm not nope. I'm not cutting them off and saying you're 100% on your own because there are some things the art gallery does that are very popular, populist, and there are some things that are more niche, right? But we but you've got to show that you are you have a value to the people by bringing people in to support this. And I would say the same with hockey or with rinks. Minor hockey and minor soccer do do that. They go get sponsorships. It's pay as you play, right? So the sponsorships offset it a little bit. The parents still have to pay and everything else. Where some of the minor hockey associations, and I I can't speak to soccer, have in my way started to lose their way is when you find out people that actually schedule the ice for the association – are making between twenty and thirty thousand dollars, and it's a job that a volunteer used to do. Then you got to start saying, "What can we afford to do? Maybe we can't afford to pay somebody twenty-five thousand dollars a year anymore to schedule." With the advent of computers, you, I mean, I think somebody else can sort it out, and I think you can find a volunteer. And if that's the challenge to some minor sports programs to get rid of the administration and they're paying people, I think that's part of the problems. Like, there are people that have built jobs out of this. And when I was a kid, which was almost a century ago, 
you know what? Everybody volunteered. Coaches didn't get paid. Nobody did anything. You had to go sell tickets. I played for Copetown. We had to sell 20 baby beef tickets to raise 20 bucks to play hockey. That's a long time ago. But every the kids, my dad made me sell them. You want to play, you sell the tickets. Holy cow. So, But I sold the tickets, right? But minor hockey associations are now paying people to do things volunteers used to. So if some of that money has to be diverted to help pay more for ice time as a user fee, that's fine. I mean, I pay for libraries. I can hardly read. <laughs> as I say, I... I don't have a problem. I really don't, which if our budget is going to be getting out of control, if we're struggling, I don't have a problem with user fees being one of the ways that we deal with it, including if that means sports, not to the point where we are saying, all right, if you're playing hockey as a kid, we are cutting all funding to all local rinks away from you. There, there's, there's a baseline there that can allow that's people. Gonna happen, but that's not going to happen. That's not going to but to say that we must always fund at a full level for all things, whether it's sports or arts or whatever but, but else. But it's not, it's not fully funded, Scott. They, they, they all pay. They, I, they get subsidized. I'm saying even to the level we're at today. There are times are changing, unfortunately. And, and some things, are, you know, there's a point, I think, and this is my point. This is what I'm getting to, and we've got to go to break. If you are going to use these facilities, I think it's not unreasonable to say you can pay something for them. If you're going to go swimming in a public pool, I don't think it's unreasonable to say there will be a small additional cost to you, just like we do it with the buses, we do it with public transit, we do it with all kinds of other things where we say, you know, we don't want to completely take away all of the grants and the funding and everything else, but if you're going to use this particular thing, it will cost you a little bit more to save the people who never use it from having to pay more for it. Well, I guess if you're going to have to pay more to park, you're probably going to have to pay more to go to a public skate. Now, they do charge. Like, public skating isn't free, at least in Dundas. you got to pay to win. I don't know about the pool. They won't let me go to the pool. I went and did their cannonball one day and emptied it out, so they don't want me back. But th- they pay a nominal fee, and maybe the nominal fee has to go away. I mean, th- listen, the city are getting very creative. They're doing a good job. I mean, the Conservation Authority now, when you go to Two's Falls or Webster's Falls and Park, you got to pay. And I'm ta- when you say nominal fee, that's what I'm talking about. I am not, I don't want it to be said that I'm saying, hey, you know what, if you want to go to a public skate that was $2 before, it's now 15 that's not yeah. what I'm talking about. I, it, it, but if it goes up to two and a quarter, and you're or two fifty, and you're one of the people who uses that public skate, I think I think that's reasonable. Because you know what, the people who would argue against that and say, "Well, wait, why should I have to pay more?" I guarantee you, there's something in the city that you're not using that you don't want to be paying more taxes for. So let the person who is doing that particular thing pay their way in a little bit more. Same as school tax, right? It, 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 we all have to pay our share. Exactly. I mean, I. I just wonder if it'll how much it's going to knock the users down, how much it's going to defer def- deflect people from using it. And I honestly believe that if it's done with any kind of deft touch, as opposed to with a sledgehammer, it won't have that much of an impact. It really won't have an impact. If it's done with a sledgehammer where they walk in and they go, guess what? Hockey's going to cost you an extra $300 a year per kid. That's not going to happen. It's too sensitive an issue. And uh, as, as is soccer and sporting events, it's far too sensitive an issue. I pay $9,000 a year in property taxes. I get my garbage picked up. I don't even live on a paved road. But you know what? It's the cost of living. I wouldn't live anywhere else. It's the cost of living there. Do I like it? Do I think I'm getting $9,000? 
worth of services out of it. My neighbor, Councillor Fergus, and I have had various debates over it, and he's wandered over to my place, and I say, don't catch your ankle in a pothole. But you know what? I'm okay with that. A lot of it goes to school taxes. But you're right. It, they're going to have to look at upping some of it. If I was the city council right now, I'd blame it all on hydro rates. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Just before I came into the station today, I was talking to my colleague Drew Edwards at The Spectator who writes about the Ticats, has three down nation, the blog, and he pointed out to me that um, the Ticats have now added Colin Kaepernick and Robert Griffin III, RG3, to their negotiation list as quarterbacks. That that means the Ticats, if those guys were to sign in the CFL, they would have to sign with the with the Ticats. I'm not sure how this news gets out because these are super secret neglists. Nobody's supposed to know who's on these things. Do you, do you think that this kind of stuff leaks out because it's just really good PR for the team or is this really something they would have wanted to keep secret, do you think? Well, I think it's good for business. You figure out if it leaked. How does it leak out if you don't want it out? Some, someone let someone know. But it do. could, but it might have come not from the Ticat side. It might have come from the, although I don't know. If you really RG, think Kaepernick's agents really proud of the, the uh, Hamilton Ticats have on, on the negotiation? I list? don't know. I don't know, but it may have come from somewhere else. I'm not sure. But I'm just, I'm wondering if you think that the Ticats They got would that be, little Johnny kid too, eh? Johnny Manziel. Yeah. They got yeah. every NF, former NFL quarterback is now, if they're going to come here, they're going to come to Hamilton. And maybe one of the best quarterbacks in the CFL anyway. When he's healthy, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I just, I, I looked at this and I went, I wonder if the Ticats, my, I wonder if the Ticats are happy this is out there. And I got to believe that somehow they are because, it, you know, it's exciting. It's chatter about, what, well, maybe it's exciting. I mean, all these guys have some serious flaws, let's be honest. But, um, and they haven't exactly been tearing it up in the NFL. So well, he wouldn't have to stand up for the American National Anthem here. That's true. We wonder, yeah, I wonder if he would stand for O Canada. But uh, it's it's a re- it's an interesting one to think that you've you've got all these former quarterbacks lined up on your neg list in hopes of what you know what may have spurred it is if this who's that uh, who's Vince that Young in Saskatchewan in Saskatchewan yeah if that works out but you've got Zach Caleros he's not an old player he's not an old man and and there's been no evidence. Or at least show me the evidence of the last NFL failure who's come up here and played really great at quarterback. I can't think of the last one. Doug, Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie wasn't an NFL. He was not. A, he had never been given a chance in the NFL well, that, with the Patriots. That's not exactly successful. But he had been the backup and never got playing time, and so yeah. they just, so he came up here, and yeah. then he went down and he got to be a starter with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. But the last guy who was a big name U.S. quarterback who suddenly said, I'm going to try and revitalize my career in Canada. I can't think of the last one. Who, no. who ended up doing it? No, Theismann started here. Um, Warren Moon uh, started Warren Moon here. Warren Moon started here. You, they, a lot of them started here and found success down there. And not even quarterbacks. I mean, it, although it's mostly quarterbacks, but I mean, don't forget, um, uh, uh, what was his name? It was the, uh, um, for the Jets, Mark Gastineau came up here and he was... Yeah. And the uh, Washington Redskins, uh, Dexter Manley came up here. And, pfft, I mean, all these guys who come up here thinking, oh, it's Canada. I'm going to. The only guy, maybe, that you could say that would have done it was Ricky Williams. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. So, the, um, if you think the Thai Cats didn't do it on purpose and if you think there wasn't a motive behind it, it's the first time we've talked about Thai Cats in three months. 
I guess it worked. The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900. AM 900 CHML.